0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz, and this is episode number 73 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in, episode 73, with our very special guest, a lot of you will know a name, uh, a fellow by the name of Gary Bucanara, um, ex AFL player for Hawthorne, played in four premierships, uh, All Australian three times, uh, Hawthorne Team of the Century member, Hall of Fame, Hawthorne Hall of Fame. The list goes on for Gaz. He's got some tremendous accolades as a footballer, um, played with some of the, the, the greatest names in the game come over from Western Australia as a young fellow and uh, and tore the uh, the AFL scene apart with his uh, charismatic, uh, I suppose, uh, f- um, style of play and his, um, his high marks and uh, so forth. In a team where we, where we had, you know, great players like Devin Brereton and Michael Tuck and um, guy the list goes on, Lee Matthews and, and all those guys. It was, it was a pretty amazing... Uh, Amazing era. So Gary and I are going to talk a lot about that, but also, more importantly, Gary had a, a significant battle with uh, with depression. Uh, some mental health, um, some issues there. Um, sort of stemmed from uh, the mid nineties, um, maybe before, which we'll probably touch on um, when he was involved with the Sydney Swans as coach, and he um, was exited out of the out of the system. Um, went through a really rough period and uh, and almost took his life so we're going to talk about that and um, what he's doing now to keep himself uh, physically and mentally well and um, you know such a beautiful uh, story Gary um, and we're so lucky to still have him here with us I guess um, in many ways because it could have went the other way and uh, you know I'm really really passionate as, as you know uh, if you listen to this podcast regularly to um you know make make people aware of what actually happens when they exit the workforce and or when people exit the exit the workforce and that's what basically happened to Gary he was exited from that coaching role and um probably wasn't given a lot of support which um which led him to um to the situation where he uh, he got to and um yeah certainly we want to try and flip that around so these sorts of episodes don't happen anymore um it's it's far too common. Uh, we need to be able to support each other, um, whether it be as individuals or workplaces or sporting organizations when we are with them or when we're without them. Um, there's a, a a fair um, um you know risk to an individual if they're they're not uh, not treated well. And um you know that's that's something that Gary Gary and I are going to discuss um throughout the conversation here. Just want to make a special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals who make Awesome organic or provide awesome organic superfoods which really support our physical and mental health. So, really encourage you to check out their website, look at their great products. GreenNutritionals.com.au. Also, Pure Life uh, Sprouted Bakery who make awesome sprouted breads which are so much better for our digestive health. Uh, di- digestive health and when our digestive health is working well, and mental health works better. So, please check them out. Their breads are available around Australia. PureLifeBakery.com.au. All right. Listen to Gary and I going at it. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. Gary Bacchanara, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, lovely to be with you. appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, look, really, really grateful to have you on. Um, you know, the conversations we've had, I think this this chat's going to help a lot of people uh, out there. So I'm very, really, very grateful for you, uh, you know, uh, spending some time with me to have a yak about your own journey. Everyone sort of, you know, uh, knows of you as a footballer but also the other, other side of your life where you sort of exited footy and, and how life's evolved for you from from sort of there to here, mate. So uh, we're going to have a bit of a yak about all that. But um, I'd like to know a bit about yourself, like you were brought up in Perth and what your school days were like and uh, how you sort of ended up uh, being a footballer and, and, and getting drafted or I suppose it wasn't a draft back then but how it sort of all unfolded for
1: you. Uh, yeah, look... Uh... Uh, childhood was uh, typical you know it was about uh, sports you know we we loved our cricket and loved our footy and um, you know at school back then uh, they don't do it nowadays but you know like at recess time lunch time afternoon recess uh, it was all about either kicking the footy or down the cricket nets bowling bowling the cricket ball and um you know we had lots of fun go home get ready you know go down the park or go to the nets again and and started all over again so uh, sport played a big part in my growing up and um yeah I went to uh you know a, a, a place called Doubleview Primary School in WA and then went on to Churchlands High School um and uh Probably, believe it or not, as a sixteen or seventeen-year-old, I uh, was playing um, first-grade district cricket. So I was more interested in cricket than I, I was in footy, and I played footy for a bit of fun. So um, it turned around uh, probably once I grew a bit, and um, you know, uh, started to you know dominate local footy and amateur footy that I was playing. And then I went to Subiaco, and that's where the journey started in footy for me.
0: I, I hear you're a pretty handy cricketer as well. Were you a batsman or a bowler?
1: I did a bit of both. I um, I used to bat uh, middle order about five or six in uh, in A grade and I used to bowl uh, medium pace uh, swing. Jeez. I called myself Glenn Miller, the king of swing.
0: Uh, what about Terry Alderman? He was a <coughs> WA boy as well, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, and and in fact Terry Alderman played for uh, the footy team I played for as well in the amateurs. So uh, we, we actually became pretty good mates.
0: Unbelievable! There you go. No, I always admired him. He, he was a bit of a smooth character, and, and cricket was huge back then. Obviously, uh, with uh, World Series cricket and that coming in, and uh, and just how. How vibrant it was! We never had all the distractions like we have, and the options like we we do in modern times. It was either footy or cricket, and everyone watched the TV when the Test was on or the One days were on.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, cricket was huge. Um, you know, um, you know, those sort of rock stars uh, a little bit, and uh, in the footy, it was uh, the VFL that was the um, the big thing, and you know, uh, all the other states had great. State league competitions, but it was sort of like the VFL were the rock stars of footy.
0: What attracted you to go to to the VFL?
1: Well, I guess uh, the three years that I had at Subi, you know, I I basically came from playing E grade amateurs uh, and went straight into the Waffle senior side. Um, we weren't really a great side, you know, we didn't win that many games to be honest, but, um, you know, the, as soon as in my first year within six games of playing, um, you know, most of the VFL clubs uh, were knocking on my door wanting me to sign um, back then Form 4s um, mm. to uh, come and play in the VFL for their club. And it was a bit of an institution watching, the, you know, uh, a program called The Winners back in the you know 70s and 80s that was uh sunday night at five o'clock and you'd be peeled to the uh, replays of the winners and um yeah it was uh, sort of like a dream if you could um play in that so i um yeah i got the chance and it was a wonderful experience
0: drew morford he was the guy wasn't he the uh comment the, the commentator in the yes. yeah yeah unbelievable i remember that i cool. was born in 71 so a bit after you but uh I sort of come through that era. But, um, mate, um, just going back a bit, with the cricket, you would have had uh, some pretty handy cricketers uh, around that time like Kim Hughes and Dennis Lilly, and, you know, those guys playing in that Western Australian, Combo would have thought as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, all, all those uh, guys, um, you know, played against uh, uh, Dennis and in, in, in my side, uh, Scarborough Cricket Club, we had... Um, you know players like Rod Marsh, uh, Mick Malone, Sam Gannon, Greg Shippard, um, uh, yeah, Derek Chadwick was a great all-round sportsman, um, cricketer, footballer uh, for East Perth. Um, so we had a we had a wonderful side. Tom Hogan played as well. I'm just trying to think of all the names that Trevor Chappell that I played with. So we um, we had a great
0: team. You would have sunk a few Swan lagers, I'd imagine, as well.
1: Well, that was the cricket. <laughs> that was the cricket lifestyle a little bit, you know. You you played hard, and you know, uh, and you had enjoyed enjoyed a beer after. Yeah,
0: unbelievable, mate. I, I'm really curious to know sort of how the uh, Hawthorne thing happened for you. So you you basically decided to go there, and then you, you jumped on a plane and headed to Melbourne and um, and settled in by the sounds of it. Yeah,
1: look. Um, Yeah, it was three years before I played three seasons in the end with Subiaco and then uh, went across, chose Hawthorne as the side and, um, you know, walked through those doors and um, it was a pretty good choice, I think. (laughs) It was a very successful era from uh, when I started, 82, right through to 1990 when I retired, you know, the the club was in eight grand finals in nine years, so it was amazing. Mm -hmm.
0: And you had uh, Lee Matthews and Michael Tuck and Dermot and all them, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, they were all teammates. I, you know, Lee and um, uh, 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 Lee was sort of I played three or four years, eighty four years with Lee. He retired in eighty five, but. You could see what a great player he was, even though he was towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was playing full forward and he was still kicking 60 and 70 goals. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so amazing. Short. he was pretty short too. He wasn't like that big compared to a lot of them. <laughs> That's right. He was about five foot ten, But strong. But, like, uh, like very it was strong. was good sport. having
1: him, you know. I played on half forward flank uh, a lot of my career at Hawthorne, uh, a little bit in the middle and a little bit as a ruck rover, but... One thing for sure is my opponent, New Lee Matthews, was behind him.
0: <laughs> oh, you, had, you, had, you had him, you had Dermot, you had Jason Dunstall. It probably didn't uh, stick up for you too much, but you had a few guys in your side. There was Gary Ayres, and there was Buddy Langford, and all them, you know, I Dipper and uh, whatever. Yes, Dipper, uh, there yeah. were some
1: uh, good enforcers and and whatever. But uh, it was, she was a different game back then. Uh, she was pretty tough and hard and um yeah so uh you yeah, know the the old match review uh uh panel uh, each week would have a ball a ball uh, suspended players if they uh, res- retrospectively went back in the 80s and 70s and 60s and uh, did some games
0: oh unbelievable mate there was one umpire i remember one glenn james he he was a local fellow from Marupna um he's, i used to play golf with his brother actually gundy james and um um yeah like some of the stories that he used to sort of tell about you know just being the only bloke in a, in a white um white uniform running around the field and uh you know having to control a game with 36 guys <laughs> on the field at the time would have been pretty hard Yakra i would have thought
1: yeah he's a ripper he was a ripper Jamesy. Uh, you know he was a great umpire and uh He had a good little chat out there and uh, chatted to you and, uh, you know, when things got a bit heated, he was good at settling things down. So, Mm.
0: yeah. Unreal, mate. So, yeah, I just – we won't go too deep into it because we can talk forever about those, buddy, eight years that you were there or whatever it was. But some of the highlights, mate, I think you played in four premierships and um, uh, there was lots of good things going on. What were some of the things that stick out for you um, over the journey while you were there?
1: Yeah, no doubt the um, yeah the grand finals and the premierships that you 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 played in um, they were they were wonderful things and during that time you know we had great state of origin series um, you know I love going back and playing for WA and rep- representing WA that was uh, they were great games to be a part of and. Um, Yeah, I guess, um, you know, being in a side with so many great players and playing under a a wonderful coach in Alan Jeans, uh, you know, uh, had a great impact on me as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Very rare, those sorts of guys, like really good man managers, um, you know, stern, hard but respectful. And, um, yeah, I I would have loved to have been able to, to have him as a leader in the workplace or a sporting club or whatever. It's just someone that, you know, It made you feel accountable, but you knew that he was teaching you something that was very valuable, either inside your your role or outside your role, as far as humanity is concerned.
1: Oh, he's a wonderful. You know, he's a policeman uh, in his uh, in his work, and um, obviously, he was a great speaker. But you know, again, he he was a bit before his time. He he certainly got to know each of the players under his charge individually, and what best got them, you know, to play well, you know, um, you know, he knew the individual, what would make them, um, you know, he knew some players wouldn't handle a bit of a cook and mm. some, um, you know, some players responded to a cook, you know, and, uh, you know, so he'd, uh, very much kick his targets. And, um, yeah, he, he was a master at doing that.
0: You he like to control someone like Dermott and, uh, <laughs> You know, guys like that that were a little bit out there, uh I, like his character was um you know obviously opposite than what Dermot's was, but I, I reckon Dermot would have respected him quite a bit.
1: I oh, no doubt about that, you know, mm. Dermot you know, Dermot, like us all, loved Gabby, you know, and uh respected him so much, you know. And um you know, I think, you know, leaders when you know, leaders are respected and you know, you You know you enjoy you know uh doing things and making achievements for them because you respect them so much i think that's what great leaders do and um you know they get the best out of the people because the people want to do the right thing by them and do the right thing by their teammates and um you know sort of make their leader proud of them mm.
0: and there was no courses back then for leadership you know these guys were natural born leaders and uh mm. you know they they just uh, they just knew how to do it um there's been plenty of courses developed since then but you know i believe uh it's something that maybe can't be learned sometimes i just think you're naturally good at it and uh if you follow it with the right intention and do it from your heart space, then you get the respect of everyone because you're coming at it from the right place.
1: Yeah, I think in life, I think, you know, and in sport, I think the great leaders are great leaders and, mm. you know, uh, you know, it comes to them naturally, uh, no false pretenses and, uh, you know, you can sort of improve leadership and, and learn a bit of leadership along your journey, but I think the great leaders um, that have stood out not only in sport but in uh, in world politics and in the world itself have always been natural leaders, and um, it has come from within naturally.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I agree. I, I just think it's uh, it, it's part of their makeup, and um, you know you can read all the books under the sun, but it's something that really comes from within, and it's coming from the right place with the right people. So. It's interesting, yeah. um, you know, Gary, because you, you left that, that, that sort of Hawthorne environment and then you might have had a gap for a year or two but then ended up in Sydney as, as a coach. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. In
1: 1992 was my first year as coach of the Sydney Swans. And, yeah, look, it was, um, you know, I uh, once my footy career ended a bit prematurely with my knee injuries, etc. cetera, um, you know, I felt that I had to like, a lot to give to footy and uh, my knowledge um, you know about footy I thought I could impart and, and I probably jumped in far too early uh, to be a coach but I also walked into a into a uh, club that was really um, was really battling it you know it had no facilities it had no uh, structure it had Basically nothing and, you know, I, I was naive. I took the opportunity to be an AFL coach rather than looking at the, looking at all the things that uh, were there and uh, once I walked in the door, I knew there was a huge challenge and, um, you know, uh, financially there was no money, uh, um, you know, no facilities and uh, really no support staff as well. And this is a club that had been in Sydney for 10 years and none of that was there. So it was going to be a battle.
0: Yeah, mate. And, you know, fast-forwarding a bit, um, when you exited the club, I think you had your own battle.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, you know, I... Uh, look, I, you know, uh, I sort of recently come and spoken about my mental uh, cha- mental health challenges... Around, you know, at one stage I, you know, wrote a letter to my family uh, apologising for what I was about to do, and, um, you know, I was uh, was definitely going to uh, take my life, and um, I just felt you now that I was at that rock bottom stage, and thankfully I didn't. And um, there was a number of things once I reached out and, and got help that had affected me along the journey, you know, things that you don't know what triggers mental health. Generally, it's some sort of trauma or or something along in your background that has, that has hit you very hard, you know, the loss of a loved one. And um, there was a number of those things that happened to me, you know. I uh, basically lost all of my footy money through a, uh, a, a management company that looked after me that uh, basically ripped me off. Uh, most of my money, um, and a house in Hawthorne. Mm. Um, Then the Sydney thing happened and then my mum was involved in a a terrible car accident and um, she eventually passed away. And all of these things, as well as on top of the Sydney Swans thing, um, you know, I was basically unemployed for 12 months and Mm. had to apply for the dole and... You know, from that moment that I was in the doll queue, um, uh, I just thought this is what it's all come to. You know, uh, my family and and that are better off without me. I'm just a, a big failure, and I've let them down. And they'd be better off without me in their life. And and that's that's how you know you you feel as though you're worthless. You you got no. Uh, you know, in nothing to live for even though I did you know you just can't see it mm. and um, thankfully I just didn't take that step that day and um, went home and spoke to my wife Annette about the challenges and what I'd been thinking and what I'd planned to do and got help and yeah it was a long battle from there on to finally find the right person to talk to and, uh, and feel better about myself
0: mm, comfortable and uh, yeah, well, you know, guys of your era and my era, and that it was it was very very, uh, uncomfortable to do so. You know, to, to actually um, to to you know feel vulnerable and and and, and so forth. And, and I I've, I've been thinking about it too, Gary. Like the same thing happened to me. Uh, I ended up in the Centrelink queue um after like a long slog with a, a company that um. I formed with a couple of guys and uh, we I, we battled hard, like I was the only one working in the business, I was silent partners and, and I was working my ass off and we hit the skids pretty much and um, I lined up in the Centrelink queue myself and I looked around and I thought, fuck, what has happened to me, you know, how I ended up here and... Anyway, I walked out and I said, I'm never going back to, to this again. And anyway, uh, the phone rang like 10 minutes later to say that something had happened. Could I p- supply some labor to that particular job? Uh, there was no work in Tassie. There was a bit of a recession. And um, that kicked things <laughs> off again, you know. So, yep. but I, I believe that cellular memory of, of failure uh, or the, the feeling of abandonment was deep in my body, you know, and... Um, and when these sorts of things trigger that those emotions start uh, kick in again
1: Yeah, you got to be you just uh, you know, and what I learned after you know getting the help that I needed was to listen uh, And understand your body and your mind Better with the ability to see the signs that if you're you know starting to go downhill a little bit, you know, you You know you seek help or you talk to somebody um And they're all the things, you know, that's the hardest first step to make, you know, to somebody out there. And, you know, we're in terrible times here with COVID and, um, you know, we have been for a couple of years. And there are so many small businesses and big businesses and uh, people on the land that have uh, battled, you know, uh, know, their life's work. They can see it floating away. And, um, you know, there's going to be a huge a huge i think um increase in um mental health problems and uh, you know the start of the journey is is for you to recognize that something's not right and to just to talk to somebody you know whether it's a mate or whether it's a doctor or something just to say look i've been feeling this way i you know i find no motivation i don't find any energy i don't find any fun i I find it hard to smile nowadays and, um, you know, uh, they're the signs that, you know, you've got to be aware of yourself to understand that there's something wrong and that you should speak to somebody because there's plenty of great people out there to help you and, um, you know, there's a lot more, as you said earlier, you know, in our day uh, it was... uh, you know, you're pretty piss weak if you, you know, you, you say you're, you're not feeling right or you're unhappy or whatever, you got to be tough and just get through it, you know, whereas there's a lot of, there's a lot of things known now about mental health and depression and, um, how it, how it can take a hold of your life if you, if you let it.
0: Yeah, that, that's true, absolutely, and we're not educated about, we weren't educated about this sort of stuff, were we, you know, and, um, uh it's great you know for you to have this conversation with me and that's this was really the foundation of this podcast to be able to provide stories of lived experience like like with what you've sort of been through to people out there that may be struggling a bit to actually help them understand that this is quite you know common normal all those sorts of things to, to feel imbalanced and you know gary um we touched on it um you and I with regards to leaving that Sydney system there wouldn't have been any support for you back then
1: no there wasn't and um you know look uh, look I had you know my time at Hawthorne and I've still got great mates there and you know I still follow the footy club and and whatever they were they were great moments but you know basically you know you're you you were there for me I was there one moment and then regardless of who I spoke to within footy it was like I was the ugly duckling Mm. nobody wanted to know me nobody wanted to help me Mm. um you know I couldn't even get a job you know I was trying to knock on doors and use my contacts and it was though I was you know uh you know uh damaged goods and um you know it wasn't you know until uh you know i got some help and um finally a bit like you i got a a good offer uh, come through and um you know accepted that and you know things things went on from then i got into the media and did some work over in perth in the media in radio and tv on the abc and yeah things started to slowly get better and and you know um Life got better, but you know, <clears throat> the hardest part is is to recognise it, and and the hardest part is to actually put your hand up and say something's wrong, mm. and speak to somebody about it, um, rather than trying to battle through, um, because there are so many people that have tried to battle through, and you look at Danny Frawley and mm. you know they you know put on a brave face, and you know mm. they. He, he sought help and got help and then thought he was okay and, you know, took himself off his medication and then started to go downhill but didn't recognise it and, mm. until it was too late. And um, they're the tragic story. So mm. mental health is not um, immune. Nobody's immune to mental health. Um, mm. And um, it is out there. Um, it's known. Um, so, you know, look, My message is to the people out there, you know, whether you're on the land or whether you're, you know, um, in business that has struggled through this COVID and you're in dire straits, um, yeah, you can do nothing about the money you've lost, but you can certainly do something about your health. And, um, you know, with that, finding the help and finding there is answers and there is um, opportunity and there is another opportunity to you know get yourself right and have another crack and uh, and that's what speaking up and reaching out will do for you if you're in that situation or you feel you know you're you're worthless or you you know you've got real issues that you don't think you can cope with Mm.
0: you would see life totally differently now than what you did back then i would have thought before you've sort of gone through all this and once we once we lose our attachment with our title or what we've been or whatever, we actually start to become a bit more grateful with with what's actually been given to us as humans here. We we're, we're not really as tied to the material stuff, and um, yeah. you know we we start to become a bit more conscious of what the world's actually trying to give us. We just seem to be forcing against it all the time.
1: Yeah, well, there's no rule book out there in life, is there? You know, and. Um... You know, uh, things happen bad, you know, um, accidents happen, people get injured, you know, um, walking one minute, not walking the next minute due to an accident, or financial hardships come your way through no fault of your own. Mm. Um, things happen in life, and uh, these things uh, uh, come to test us. And, you know, it takes a lot of resilience to, you know, get through issues. But, You know, if you you let them get to you, then uh, it'll wear you down and it will beat you unless you do something about about it yourself and reach out for help and, you know, and and ask for help from from people around you as well, you know, because people want to help. And people want to support you, and when they know the story and that know that you're struggling, people are wonderful out there, and they will rally and they will support. Um, it's just people's pride sometimes, and you know, and you know, it's not easy for somebody like myself who's, you know, uh, been a, a fairly high profile footballer and achieved a lot in his football career as a player, and um, to admit, you know, that, you know. I got to a stage at one stage where I was about to take my own life, you know. And um, you know that's hard to admit, but I'm comfortable admitting it now because I know that maybe my story could help somebody out there. And if it helps somebody, that you know things can turn around, and they are possible, and there is help out there if you if you want help. Um, that they're the things, if I can help somebody out there with that sort of a message, um, not to go through with what you're thinking, even though you're in a very, very, very dark place, mm. um, things can turn around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. It, I quite often talk about it as if you're at the bottom of the pendulum, you know, and uh, you're sort of swinging there for a while, but eventually, once you start to to let go of that, uh, which is hard to do, then things start to to go up again and um, um, that that might take a few days, it might take a few weeks, it might take a long time, but if you've got someone that's walking the path with you and giving you support, I just think it makes it a lot easier because you're not so much in your head, you're able to let it out a little bit and can can actually start to move through it um, a little bit more smoothly, would you agree?
1: yeah no doubt you know uh, probably my the toughest part for me was you know for two years between sort of 93 94 you know start of 95 and um, really it took me until the year 2000 2001 when things started to turn around in my life you know that you know I, I felt better about myself so you know it was a long journey and you know, I had ups and downs in that time and, you know, tried different medications and tried to speak to a lot of uh, different type of uh, people, psychologists, etc. And, you know, one day I found the right uh, lady uh, uh, to talk to and, you know, she was marvellous and I just felt a connection with her and that's the biggest thing and, you know, that connection really put me on the right path.
0: Yeah, that, that's true and, uh it's difficult, you know, in, for some people in regional Australia to, to find that in their own, own communities. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there is people externally that they can they can reach out to. And um, I just think, you know, we, we, we sort of miss the mark a little bit with regards to ringing a hotline or whatever because there's no real connection with the person. I believe if someone's got an issue and they can identify someone that's been down that path before to be able to reach out to them to start with and then be able to you know maybe get some some advice from them um and i just think you you run to something there gary um it, it is important to have to have uh someone that you are aligned with because if you're just talking to someone over the phone which is great because that can that can certainly help but if you, you're going to be in it for the long haul like you were for you know for a few years, to be able to have someone that you can um, you can bounce off regular I think's um you know really really important as well.
1: Yeah well, and 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 look the you know probably the metro people in um, you know in suburbia sort of have far more um, you know resources at their at their disposal whereas you know I've always found the country folk you know wonderful people, you know, they're genuine people people. Um and so you know if you're in that situation you know even talking to your best mate who might be uh you know as tough as old nails Mm. i'm sure he's gonna you know try and do his darndest to try and support you and try and help you in some way you know once he knows how you're feeling you know and um you know i'm sure that there'd be a rally around of mates and you know sport's a wonderful part of um country life you know uh, you know most country towns revolve around their sport and community involvement and so you know that's where you've got to reach out and try and find you know a confidant to talk to and uh, from there you know you can you you can find the right help to speak to on a regular basis and get the right medication that's going to help you because there's a lot of different type of medication out there for uh, depression mental health you just got to find the right one and it's a trial and error
0: yes no, that's true and you know that can that can be a tool um you know exercise can be a tool meditation can be a tool all these yeah. things that can can really support you and um um yeah when we're trying to to manage it with booze um, it's really masking it um uh, in, in many ways and uh, always sort of keep hanging around but if you can do you know, positive interventions rather than ones that are negative I suppose um, you know that'll help with the longevity of uh, being able to get you back on track and, and help um, you know, stabilize you I suppose in a way would you agree no
1: doubt no doubt and you know there's no doubt I went through a stage there where the bottle became a bit of my friend as well because it made you feel good for a little bit mm. You know, uh, it took your worries away. Um, you know, you forgot about things, and so it was it was nice not to be in that dark place uh, totally. And um, but in the end, it's the worst thing you can do is to uh, go down that path, and um, mm. you know that's no help at all. You know, uh, you know you don't have to stop uh, ha- enjoying having a beer, and uh, I never have either. But um, mm. you know. Um, it's not the answer to uh, most problems. Is uh, con, you know consulting the bottle, um, talking to people, and uh, being open and honest. Um, how you're feeling is is the way to go.
0: Yeah, that that's true. And uh, yeah, with with the mental health stuff, mate, it's between the ears, obviously. So to be able to get it out of there and, and uh, verbalise it and talk about it um, is so much more. Um, you know practical and bottling it up Let's say uh, because if you're bottling it up it's just going to stay there and just get squashed, squashed down further and further and um, it doesn't uh, doesn't help you Gary and it's interesting no. what are you doing now to look after yourself
1: uh, look you know I've I've come up with strategies look I think everybody needs something to look forward to you know and um, you know so whether it's playing golf with my mates on a, you know, Saturday, um, which I do, you know, most Saturdays that we're allowed to play golf nowadays with COVID. Uh, But, um, look, I look forward to that. Uh, I look forward to, um, uh, you know, the odd fishing um, out in the bay. And so having little things or a holiday that you plan and, you know, or, you know, get on the road and go for a holiday, Uh, trip or whatever having little things to look forward to and to work towards are are really important i think um Mm -hmm. you know because we can get caught in the day-to-day grind of making a living and paying a mortgage and you know uh trying to have enough money to you know do things that you want to do um and 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 you've got to have things to look forward to and um you know you've got to have some outlets, so you know I've used that um, as as things for me. That gives me a focus and gives me um, pleasure and things to look forward to.
0: It sounds like you're not chasing anything big. You're, you're pretty content, and you're not chasing the dollars or you know the bigger bigger boat or the bigger house or anything like that. Yeah, no, pretty content no. with your life. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know. It is what you hear. We're all different. We all have different types of jobs. We have all different, you know, people that, you know, you've got your, your lower class, your middle class and your upper class and they all have their own problems. They all have relationship issues. They all have, mm. you know, issues with work and, and whatever. It, it, it's just life. You know, life is sometimes not fair uh, but it can also provide some wonderful things, you know, with family and you know, my situation, you've got grandchildren and um, all these wonderful things that you experience and, um, you know, you've got to look at your life and say, well, you know, (laughs) I could be worse off, I could be living in some other countries in the world that, you know, uh, don't have what we have here and don't have what I have here and... um, Mm -hmm you know and and, or had the experiences in life that i've had so Mm. you've got to sort of look at the glass as half full not half empty
0: yeah that's true and the 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 key gary is is to get back to you know the real essence of humanity as well and being able to you know share acknowledge uh, support one another you know particularly at the moment Mm. with what's been going on because we can become opinionated and judgmental and critical on that quite easily but um if you're able to be more open and um, and just appreciate the, the, the simple things in life, you know, like, like you are and you've got, you know, you, a great family around you and people that support you and, and tools in your life to be able to manage your wellbeing, um well. And I just think that's available to all of us. We've just got to, you know, look outside the square sometimes for the support, which can actually like give us a, a bit of a... Uh, uh, uh or flick the switch when it comes to maybe changing our thinking and what we can actually do to uh to put new new practices and and things in our life which can support us rather than take our well-being the other way
1: yeah um, you know we can be creatures of habit there's no doubt about that and sometimes changing those habits um you know to change your environment to a degree as much as you can um um is a hard thing to do and uh, for some people you know that are very proud and you know who don't ever want you know a helping hand um it's extremely hard for them to put their hand up and ask for that help but you know generally i think people around can see somebody that's struggling you know uh, who may have had a, a problem and um you know you can see whether it's a financial problem or whether it's a you know somebody they've lost in their in their journey. That's um, that you can see the person's not as happy as once they used to be. And mm. you know, there's that wonderful expression now: "Ask, are you okay?" And that's yeah. an easy thing to do to to one of your mates or somebody you know or somebody you see um, that you know their personality has changed over a period of time. Mm. You know, to ask that question of them: "Are you okay?" Mm, that's
0: right. Do you find, like you've noticed with some of your old teammates that there's been things come up from time to time that you've been able to help them with? Oh, look, since I've
1: uh, sort of spoken about my story, yes, there's a few and uh, a lot of them didn't know um, Mm. that, you know. I I was pretty good at hiding things and putting on a a, a brave face at uh, reunions uh, down the track that we've had and we've had plenty of them. You know, and, you know, a lot of them were very surprised to hear the battles, you know, that I had outside of footy and, um, Mm. you know, uh, a lot of them, you know, fully understanding and thought it was fantastic and courageous to speak up and, you know, a few have come to me and and said that they've had their own problems and have sought my advice on what to do. So, Mm. you know, that's great.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely, mate. I... I really believe that the lived experience is so valuable, and uh, you know because you've got such a strong footballing community around you, you know, for someone like you to to come out and talk about what you you've been through, um, you know, you need to be proud of yourself first and foremost, but also what for what you've done for yourself, but also for, for everyone else out there that can benefit to to actually you know observe what you've what you've done and and uh, you know how courageous you've actually been to. Uh, to to you know be open and honest about it rather than keeping it uh you know internalized and you know people will come forward and they'll people I mean, people come forward from this conversation that we're having to um to to ask some questions which may help them you know transform their lives as well so that's that's a really real credit to you gary i i believe this is so much more valuable than than any premiership medal or uh, or any of that at the end of the day
1: well, hopefully, um, you know, if you save a life or help somebody to get back on uh, on track from, you know, thinking those um, very dark places uh, because, you know, I've been there, I know what it's like and there are plenty of people that, that do know what that feeling is like. It's very hard to get out of bed, it's very hard to feel happy and mm. motivated to really do anything in your life and... Um, if by sharing a story helps somebody to reach out themselves um you know and that's what i encourage you know um you know if you know somebody or if you yourself uh noticed that you know you've withdrawn and you you know you don't really find any enjoyment in life or you don't laugh <laughs> very much anymore mm-hmm. um you know there there's obviously a reason for that now it may be a reason that goes well back in your life Mm -hmm. for some reason. It may be something that happened to you as a child. It may be an event that's triggered off something. We don't know what triggers it, but what we do know is the end result uh, can be, you know, debilitating and devastating and, um, you know, um, life-threatening where you can be your own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, by us understanding mental health better and depression and, these things and and talking more about it if it does help people well you know that's that's what we're here for and that's what we want people to out there to understand that you know you're not alone even though you do feel alone you feel like you're the only person in the world that's feeling this way mm-hmm. but you're not and uh, you know you're you're not alone and there is help out there and um once it's out there, it lifts a huge weight off your shoulders mm, um, right. and you immediately start to feel, you know, better about yourself that you've spoken up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. The, the first podcast I did here was Paul Roos and and he talked about when, when, when players used to come and confide in him, how he saw... Just a, sh- a huge weight lifted off lifted off their shoulders after they'd, they'd had that conversation, you know. So that was um, mm-hmm. that was a really beautiful thing to hear, and um, you know how he was able to help that individual from that moment on.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, that the moment you do speak up and uh, you do feel that there has been a, a, a huge weight lifted from your shoulders, and all of a sudden you f- you don't feel as though you're in that. Uh, that little boat in the middle of the sea at night, you know, by yourself with no support, no help around you, you know, you, all of a sudden you feel that, you know, you're not alone.
0: Yeah, that's it. Beautifully said, Gary. Mate, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation, um, really grateful for you, you know, offering to come and speak with me and, um, yeah, you, you need to be really proud of yourself uh, for what you've achieved uh, throughout your life um, so far and there's so much more to come for you so you know uh, I really really hope that um, that everything uh, in the future for you works out tremendously as I'm sure it will and uh, you know I, I hope that you can do more in this space mate because it's so needed to hear um, stories of lived experience from people like yourself that uh, that can offer up some support for others and some guidance for others so I thank you for that.
1: Hi oh, Aaron, it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to help any initiatives or, um, you know, support any uh, programs and you know speak at uh, events to help and, and whatever. So uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, I think we're all on the same team, and um, you know, the more we get out there, the message, uh, you know, the better the team's going to perform, and um, you know, hopefully, we can uh, kick some goals along the journey and help a lot of people.
0: If Anyone wants you to speak in an event. Uh, I suppose they can contact me and I can put them in touch with you Or is there another way that uh, you'd like to do that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no worries um, Yeah, look um, I, I, I can give my email address, which is gbuccanara711 at gmail.com It's pretty easy so um, if anyone wants to reach out and um, you know whether it be a corporate thing for their staff or whatever happy to happy to assist
0: except for spelling buccanara which isn't easy so uh look it up
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah look uh, yeah just look on google or wikipedia it'll tell you how to spell it
0: yeah you'll find (laughs) it all right mate thanks very much really appreciate it guys thanks so much for listening into uh my conversation with gary um sure you, you uh would love to have heard about or hear about his footballing journey and, um, and what that looked like, but you know, obviously, life's been a lot different for the last twenty odd years for him. But for him to be here having the conversation with us is 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 absolutely awesome. But um, you know, for what he's doing now, to be able to feel comfortable to speak up about it is is so good, and um, it's all also um, you know really really brave of him um, to be able to sort of be open and honest about his experiences now. As I said, because most guys of of my era and his era were were pretty closed off about this so if you are experiencing uh, experiencing some issues yourself you know please contact me if you like as a first port of call and um, I'll do what I can to to guide you help you um, or someone in your local community that can um, that can support you but yeah certainly don't uh, feel like you're alone if you're Experiencing depression, um, it's something that uh, that hits us all. I'm sure of that. And uh, you know, if, if we're able to bravely, um, you know, uh, come up uh, and speak about it, it just, it just makes the world a difference. So I really encourage you to do so. Okay, so support at outbackmind.com.au is use my email. Uh, new website will be up tomorrow, hopefully. I've been saying that for a week or two, but uh, check out outbackmind.com.au. Thanks for your time, guys. Some awesome guests coming on soon. Keep listening and sharing the podcast. Cheers.